What's up? This is Jonathan Smith, your host here at Shooting the Schmidt, coming at you today with another loaded episode. Got my guy Matt Murphy coming back on. You know, he's going to let me hear it about UConn and Arkansas. It's going to be great for you guys to listen to. Terrible for me to go through. Without further ado, here we go. Matt Murphy joining me. Come on. Let's just let's just get this <laughs> over with. Rip the band-aid off, John. What are we talking about first, man? Rip the band-aid let's off. Let's talk about UConn's dominant run to the Final Four. Now, let me start by saying this. Before you tell me how right you were and how wrong I was, let me start by saying I was I was very wrong. Let me follow it up by saying I feel much better about being wrong after UConn beat Gonzaga by 28. Dude, I, I appreciate those comments. I really do. And I'm just honestly, I'm just waiting on someone to give me my flowers, right? I I've been on UConn since the jump, okay, and I've come on here. I, I got my boys, uh, Bryce, Mick, Jake, and Jared, uh, my some of my family members, man. That I, I just haven't got my flowers yet for being right about UConn. I mean, it is they're a wagon, they're a wagon. They're dude. tough. I you know last time I came, uh, I came with some metrics. You did. I came with some more here today. Did okay. you now? And these these are just silly, right? I want to walk you through what UConn's done in this tournament so far. Okay, 24-point dub against Iona. They had 24 assists and won the boards by 16. They had a 15-point win against St. Mary's. And, and lower assist number, they had 16 assists and won the boards by 10. Then they had a 23-point win against your, your Razorbacks, right, yep. against Arkansas. They did. And they had 22 assists and they won the boards by 12. Yep. Okay. And then a 28-point dub against the Zags with 21 assists, and they win the boards by 10. I mean, domination, dude. They're averaging 81, uh, sorry, 82 points a game, and they're giving up 59 points a game in the tournament. So their average margin of victory 20, is 22 and a half. Yep, 22 and 22 23 and a half points a game. Tw- they're they're winning about 22 and a half points per game. If that Dude. holds, that would be a new tournament record. Current record is 21 and a half by Kentucky in 1996. Gotcha. I mean, and even if it doesn't hold, like just utter domination. Yeah. Um, I mean, they are hands down the favorite going into the Final Four. But that being said, this has been a crazy tournament. It's just nuts, man. And no, nobody is safe, especially from the team that has more guards than Shawshank. <laughs> oh, the Miami Hurricanes. Okay. Well, I figured this would come up, man. They. Miami's they tough good, too, man. man. They're tough too, man. They, They've got so many guards. But here's here's the question that I have for them going into their game against UConn. Yeah. How are they going to match up with Sonogo? Uh, there's, not just, any, there's not anyone all, that's been able to match up with All him. of I mean, the bigs that UConn has. Because I think yeah. part of the interesting thing with the Gonzaga game was both teams come in with multiple bigs who can really play. Mm-hmm. And UConn's bigs just were such a problem that Timmy and, I forget Gonzaga's backup big's name, mm. they both get in foul trouble so early yep. that Gonzaga just never really had a chance. Nope. And so Miami, who's much thinner on the front line, even though mm. I'm blanking on his name, but he was great against Texas. His versatility being able to, to defend multiple positions was vital for them to win that game. Without a doubt. Yeah, I mean, and we got we have to give Miami credit, you know, beating – Beating Houston the way they did, right? 14-point win against Houston. And then I thought – I mentioned last time how I love teams who have gone through adversity. They're, I mean, down 10 
or oh, down yeah. 13 with 10 minutes to go against Texas, and then to beat them by eight or seven, whatever they did. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, dude, battle tested, and and they they've put together a really nice resume. If I mean, if you look at even some of their win margins, right, against good teams. I mean, beating Indiana by 16, beating Houston by 14, right? They're uh, they're, they're a tough squad. They're playing really good basketball. I'll say this. Uh, Omir Wong, Jordan Miller, Nigel Pack, I think are the best best four-player quad. I was just about to say trio, but it's four yeah. of them. Um, <laughs> the best four-player unit, I think, that's left in the tournament. And honestly, they're one of the, the best four-player units in the country, like as the tournament started. Um, I think, I believe it was number – so their starting five was net rated number two, as, and they're only behind Houston. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, of the 16 or sorry of the 64 teams in the tournament and dude they're tough right and all of those players that i mentioned have a different skill set I, I think wong is one of the most unique mid-range scores that's left he's um, just a tough shot maker yeah his ability to yeah. create space and hit really tough shots that was huge for them against texas because when he got going in the second half Ooh. is really when they made their run mm-hmm. and nigel packed in the first half really through the first 30 minutes of the game kept them in it for sure he is uh, – Nigel Pack's a bucket, dude. He is a bucket. North and Lawrence, Indiana. Yeah, man. He's been playing some good ball. So Was almost a Boilermaker. Yeah, I, I know. Until Miami <laughs> threw 800K of NIL money at him. And then, hey, he looks like he made the right decision, though. It, it really does, had man. The biggest, probably the biggest or worst loss in NCAA history. And the other team has gone on a, a nice run here as a five seed. So, I, uh, I, I'm so excited for this game, dude. It's going to be so good. The offense is just going to be oh. incredible. So, we've got – Miami, who scored 85-plus in their last three games. Mm-hmm. You got UConn, who scored 82-plus in three of their four games thus far in the tournament. Yeah, they're I averaging mean, 82. Averaging 82 a game. They're just, oh, I just, see, both teams offensively, they're going to be so much fun. But I think ultimately, I can tell you right now, like, I've got UConn. I think they're winning by, you know, at least six, probably yep. more. Yep. Because um, I just think that Miami's not going to really have an answer for Sonogo underneath. Mm-hmm. And Miami defensively is just... Not as good as UConn is. Yeah. I think that's that's the simplest way to put yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, they're holding teams under 60 points a game in the tournament, UConn is. And, to, dude, to, looking at some of those assist numbers, that's just di- that's rare. It is. It's rare. Especially in college 21, basketball. 22, 24 assists. Just having that them, many guys, crazy. having that many guys on a college team who can consistently make shots like that. Yeah. It's just, it doesn't happen. Like, that's part of my yeah. struggle with watching college basketball in the regular season. The shot making just isn't there. Mm-hmm. And with UConn, that is just not the case, man. Yeah. They got so many guys who can shoot it. At, at, what at every level, man. Sonogo's averaging twenty and ten in the tourna- tournament, and and they've got guys that are shooting it well. Hawkins, they, I mean, they, yeah, Hawkins. He's a, they, they're just a, they're a wagon, dude. That's all I wrote down for them. Is they're a wagon. They just are, and um, I like them to cover as well. That five and I think the line's five and a half. I do like them to cover just because again that win margin being at twenty three. There's some people that have have said, oh, they had an easy you know easy go at it, right? And, but you look at, so yeah, the first two games they played, Iona and St. Mary's, obviously that's not in a crazy first two matchups. I think Arkansas is a tougher matchup than, than, what um, showed. than most people are going to acknowledge. Well, here, then, here's the thing with that Arkansas game. Arkansas's two best scorers, correction, Arkansas's two most important offensive players didn't play well. Devo Davis was one of 10 from the field, and Ricky yeah. Council was like four of 12. Yeah. And so defensively, they just took those guys out of it, and Arkansas had no answer. Yeah. And then. Similarly with Gonzaga, right? You look at Gonzaga's top guys. Like Timmy, I, I think he went off in the win against UCLA, which was a good game. Um, it was. 
Oh, yeah, we should talk that about a great that game. in a second. That was a great game. That was a phenomenal game. But, you know, it, and just non-factors, really. I mean, and, and that game was a wash the whole time. It was a, honestly a, kind of a boring game of how, how much they rolled Gonzaga by. So, um, yeah, I, I do like UConn to cover that. But I am uh, definitely more excited for this game, and I do believe whoever wins this one is going to win the We'll go on to win it. Um, dude, it's crazy that UConn's the lowest seed left at four. This is the first time ever a one, two, or a three seed has oh, not made the final four. insane, dude. It's wild. Insane. This is so, why we love March Madness. We love it. And this love is it. why we love the transfer portal, because I don't think this happens <laughs> without the transfer portal. Facts, bro. Or or the NIL thing either. I know my that's part of what Miami did a little bit. Throw that money around, and hey, it paid off. So It really did. Teams are going to start doing it a little bit more, I think, man, once that's they see. the way to do it, once sadly. Once they see, man. But then you have teams... Like on the other side of the bracket. You do. That don't do that as much. FAU. Mid-major FAU, man. Dude, they are... They're tough. They're so tough. So I, I brought I brought my analytics. <laughs> oh, let's go. For Good. FAU. Because I didn't bring mine for FAU, so that's great news. So FAU, they're the surprise of the tournament, without a doubt, right? They are very well put together. I think their offense... Similar to UConn in the fact that they share the ball well, but similar to Miami and how many effective guards they have. And I think the most surprising thing, anytime a mid-major can do this, it's it's so surprising. They rebound the ball at an extremely high level. Mm-hmm. They've won the rebound battle in every game that they've played. Against Kansas State, they doubled the amount of rebounds Kansas State had. They out-rebounded them 44-22. Wow. to 22. Wow. That just doesn't happen. Nope. And they shoot the ball well. I mean, I believe they're shooting, I know it's over 36%. I want to say it's over 38% from three in the tournament. They have multiple guards who can score. And their offense is very well balanced. Like, when you look at their game against Kansas State, uh, Golden, the center, had 14. Martin had 17. He led led the way. The Davis kid had 13. And, I hope I say this right, Greenlee had 16. Mm -hmm. So they've got multiple guys who can really score. Uh, They go nine deep which is another really surprising thing from a mid-major. They don't have a guy who plays over 30 minutes yeah. outside of Davis. Yeah. So they've got some guys who can really play. They can shoot it, and they can rebound. And look, if you can consistently hit threes and you rebound the ball well, you can beat anybody. Do you know what, just in your description, you know what it sounded like? Who? It sounds like UConn. It does. I mean, a, a mid-major version, but think if you really think about it, you're talking about the rebound battle, right? You're talking about efficiency. Um, you're talking about going nine deep. Yeah. That's UConn. And here's the crazy thing about FAU. Usually when we see these mid-major teams make a run, it's like a lot of seniors. Mm. Most of their guys are sophomores. Yeah. They're young. Yeah. Which is insane. Yeah. So, dude, they're they're tough. Super balanced, kind of like you mentioned. And it's just it's always a cool mid it's anytime a mid-major goes on a run like this, it's just a cool story. But oh, yeah. I, I I think calling them a Cinderella, not that it's a they've won be disrespectful, 35 bro. They're, games. they're 35 and 3 on the season. Yeah. They've lost three games they're in tough. 38. And they're on an eleven game win streak. Like this is not a team. That is playing like a nine seed. Um, they're not playing like a mid major, but give them credit; they've been dominant, dude. Oh well, and, and, they, and they've won and they've won some close games, right? Yeah. And getting by Memphis was obviously huge. FDU kind of gave them a scare, um, and then they—I mean, I feel like what? Who they played? Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the Tennessee game was tough. They just kind of got interesting. hot. Yeah, they, they got hot for like three or four minutes. They took the lead and they didn't look back. Yep. And Tennessee just couldn't get anything going. And they then couldn't. that Kansas State game, man, great game. Oh, great game. Great game. But, wow. I I, I was pretty shocked going in. Um, oh, I was too. I figured K-State would, would roll. I just – but, again, they, they keep proving us wrong. Um, and, 
and I think a lot of that is that balance, right? Being able to score on the inside, outside, being able to rebound, like you mentioned, is it's just so big. Two, oh yeah, probably the two of the more dominant rebounding teams in the tournament Without are doubt. both in the Final Four in UConn and, and FAU in terms of differential. Right? Yeah. You don't see that 9, 10, 11 differential very often. Or 22. So, yeah, or 22. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So and an 11-game win streak is tough. I a uh, le- little bit less excited about this matchup on this side. but I'm, I'm, I'm more excited about the Miami-UConn matchup. I'm really intrigued by this one because I feel like I know how the UConn-Miami game is going to go. I don't know how San Diego State FAU is. Yeah. Uh, let me just start by saying that was a terrible call on Nimhard. You oh, cannot about, call that. You talking about in the Creighton game? Yes. So we're I say so we're moving up to I've if you if you're ready, I No, I'm ready. I've got my thoughts. I'm juiced up on this, game, man. man. I just I've got my thoughts. Um so look, you don't think it was a good call? It was a foul. But here's the thing. Yeah. They hadn't called it all game. They mm-hmm. let they let San Diego State play defense with their hands the entire game and I just I hate that they call that there at the end. Yeah, it's it sucks to have it have it go the way it did. And there are a couple other calls towards the end of like, hey, they should have had the ball after the tip, like trying to throw it full court. Here's what I'll say: there is not enough attention being drawn to I what I consider to be malpractice by Creighton's head coach. Oh, seven okay. seconds left, four seconds left on the shot clock, so yeah. three second differential. Mm-hmm. A San Diego State player is 25 feet from the bucket, dribbling east-west, and they intentionally foul. They had a foul to give. Intentionally foul. This guy's going nowhere. Yeah. He has to shoot in four seconds. He's not going to get a good shot off. You intentionally foul. Shot clock goes off, and your next foul takes you to the bonus anyway. There's no need. There, there's no benefit to fouling in that situation. Zero. Unless yeah. it's a guaranteed bucket, he's 25 feet from the bucket going east-west. If anything, he's going to get a fadeaway a fadeaway three or a step yeah. back three or something like that, a low percentage shot. Yeah. And it's not even that, oh man, it's just so, fr- it, I was honestly screaming at my TV. I was looking over at my dad, like, how are, how are the announcers not talking about this? How are they not saying what a mistake this is? It was malpractice. And again, as a coach, it's like, and, and they had time, right? He's dribbling out. I, 100% that order came from the sideline. 100%. Oh, yeah. And to, dude, it's like, you foul. So now there's six and a half left. Shot clock's off. They get to take the last shot, period. Yeah. And what happened is exactly why you don't foul in that situation is because if you foul with one second left on the shot clock, guess what? You have four seconds to get the ball on the floor and get a shot. Yeah. Four seconds. And you have a timeout. Mm-hmm. Instead, we, we're going to foul. Shot clock goes off. They get to take the last shot. Then you have – I don't love the call. It was a foul. I don't love the call. I'll agree. It's tough. San Diego State guy kind of – he did sell it well. I, yeah. I think there's less contact than what he played. As a referee, it's difficult because you do see contact. You see that – that I think it was his, uh, his contact to the he, body. He had the hand yeah, on the, the hand hip. on the hip, and then yeah. he kind of just – the SDU guy just kind of jumped. SDU guy just kind of fell over. But I just uh, – not enough attention is being drawn to that mistake by Creighton's coach. I, That's it, fair. It can't happen. It wasn't like it was the heat of the moment type of play. I mean, they were dribbling out the shot clock. So you had plenty of time to talk about it and yell to your guys what you want to do. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I was super fired up about it, bro. I know you can probably (laughs) tell, but, oh, I was pounding the table. I was so pissed. Oh, I bet. And I think the other thing, too, that people aren't talking about enough, Creighton was in firm control of this game, and then two things happened within a span of what felt like 30 seconds. Nimhard hurts his wrist. 
And up to that point, I felt like he had really controlled the game. And then he hurts his wrist. San Diego State starts to pressure him on the ball, yeah. speeding him up. It was just it was really interesting kind of how that played a factor. And then you had the flagrant one that happens not long after. And that's, you know, you, you got a four-point swing there. Mm-hmm. And the next thing you know, San Diego State's right back in the game. Yep. And those two things, you know, outside of the foul, the 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 bad call late to foul and the questionable call of the foul, yeah. I feel like those were the two biggest things that really swung the game towards San Diego State. Yeah, and <laughs> I mean, you hate when good games like that come down to what people see as, oh, what a bad call. But again, they're not in that situation if Creighton fouls. So I kind of see fair. it as a, well, you, your head coach put you in that situation where there's going to be one second left. And you're going to be down one. You're going to have to inbound it and go the length of the floor. So it's tough. It is tough. I, I don't want to run by, though, San Diego State's dominant win over Bama, right? They were leading oh, most, yeah. of that, most of that game. The defense they have played has just been, yeah, it's been top notch. I mean, I think, let's, they're, let's I think they're the best. I think they're the best defensive team in the country. Oh, I mean, yeah, they are. Maybe Houston you can't might deny do them scare, but I, like, I think they, they are. hold. They hold Creighton to under sixty, mm-hmm. who is great offensively. They hold Alabama to sixty four. Yeah, who's one of the best offensive teams? Remember in the country. Remember what we said. Remember what we said. Last pod, what we say. Sixty five was the number. That is the number. If Alabama, if they hold Alabama to under sixty five, we liked SDU, oh. SDU, San Diego State to cover. And they obviously did. They won by seven. Okay, I have to go back for a second. Yeah. Because you, you, started, you started talking about scores, and it just reminded me of the biggest upset of the tournament that we haven't talked about. And I'm disappointed in myself for not, for not pointing this out. So have you heard of the race to 69? In college basketball. Oh, it's like first person to get to 69 wins. They like win like 98% of the time. Gotcha. Miami versus Texas. The first team to defeat the race to 69. The race to 69 is now... Like twenty nine and one in the tournament. Wow, it's wild. Wow. Anyway, back back to San Diego That's State. Nuts. See, here's, here's the thing with San Diego State. You may not even score sixty nine. San Diego, San Diego yeah. State may not score sixty nine. No. I mean, the defense that they play is just it's it's second to none, as we've already said. And you really saw that against Creighton. They really made yeah. it tough, especially in the second half. In the first half, Creighton. I feel like did a good job. Their guards got a lot of penetration. And it, look, anytime you you have a guard who can get two feet into the lane, you're going to score a lot of points. Yeah. And in the second half, San Diego State just kind of took that away. Yeah, they did. And and I think Creighton had 33 in the first half. Obviously held them to what 23 in the second. So look at that math. Pretty. <laughs> how about that? So <laughs> um, no, pretty impressive work by them. And it's an interesting matchup dude it is it's I don't think it's as intriguing or fun but I think it has potential to be a closer game I um, agree I, and, and and just and that's not because I think there's a talent disparity in the other game it's more of for me it's going to be a lower scoring game so with those lower scoring games you know a a UConn Miami game might be an eight point game but in a very high scoring game say it's 88 80 that's really equivalent of like a four-point game in like a 54 to 50 game you know oh yeah without a doubt Um, at least the the feel feel of it at least so it's intriguing we'll see uh i i do have uh, i i actually i actually don't know i was about to say san diego state but what's the line i'm i'm trying to one and a half one and a half towards uh, san diego state san diego state yeah favored by two favored by one and a half um Pretty even though. I mean, I would consider anything at one and a half a pick 'em, so Yeah, I I agree. Can justify it either way. I've I've got written down on my notes. I, I don't know who I'm taking. Just take the opposite of whoever Matt Matt takes for fun. <laughs> okay. All but right. as we've talked about it, I'm I'm gonna take FAU. 
I'm, right. I'm, I may be doing them in saying that, considering like the picks this year have just been awful. <laughs> but that's the truth. That's just that's, the that's, Razorback that's, curse, man. That's how it goes. Razorback curse. Um. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, anyway, um, I'm gonna take FAU. Okay. They rebound. They shoot the ball well, and yeah. even against Tennessee, a team who defends at a really high level. They were able to find, you know, four minutes there where they were able to efficiently score the basketball, and and that was the difference. Yeah. And I have enough faith in this offense for them to do the same thing here against San Diego State. So I'm I'm gonna take FAU to win by four. Okay. Not a bad pick, dude. I mean, you're picking a team that's 35 and three on the year. So, I know, and that are they've won 11 games straight. So I will go San Diego State. Um, I I think. They do have a good combo of, of some size and athleticism to take away some of the bigs of, of FAU. But I could I could really see it going either way. I'm, I'm not gonna For sure. I'm not gonna bang the table either way. Um, should be good. I mean, I it, it should be close. I don't know if should it'll be. be the game that everyone loves. It kind of feels like a. <laughs> for some reason, my mind's jumping to a comparable of the NFL type games where yeah. the Miami UConn feels like a Chiefs Chiefs Bills. And oh then, yeah. Then this game feels like uh you know eighty five Bears yeah. <laughs> versus the Steel Curtain Steelers. Yeah, yeah, something like that. So <laughs> just two defensive uh wagons. So it uh yeah, it should be fun. But yeah, I'll take I'll take I'll take state. I'll take San Diego State. Okay. And to then, win by more than three. Okay. Fair enough. And then we we both got UConn beaten whoever they play. Or that yeah they play my oh you mean in the final yeah in the final. So I definitely yeah, haven't yeah. beaten Miami um I'm gonna say they cover the five and a half so I think more than six and it's just just based on the facts right looking at they they absolutely took Gonzaga out to the woodshed and they did. they've taken everybody out to the yeah woodshed. they really have bro so maybe I mean maybe this is a one of those things and I can see this backfiring of you know all this massive point differential and then Miami goes and rolls them because they have one bad game but yeah I'm gonna stick with it I'm gonna say. UConn minus five and a half lock of the week. Um, probably and it, again because it is such a high scoring game. I feel like that five and a half number doesn't feel as big as it could could feel. So that's fair. That's fair. Yep. And then we have UConn winning. I'm gonna bold statement here. I'm gonna have them winning by ten either way. Whoever they play in the Natty. I think that's fair. Whoever they play in the Natty, I've got UConn by ten. I I I'm probably gonna agree with you. Yeah. I mean that's. I have to. I mean those are my guys, dude. The Huskies <laughs> yeah. are my guys. You're you're on the wagon at I've this been point. On you can't them. get off. I've been, for a while, I was I was leading the charge. Me and my brother Eric, we were leading the charge of the UConn. Man, we felt like they were they didn't deserve to be a four seed. I felt like they were more of a three. Did you, did you take them to win your bracket? Uh, in one of mine, yeah. Okay. I, I'm I'm one of those guys. I have I have what six groups that I'm in, and Jeez. not willingly. That's just kind of how it worked out. That's fair. And got them winning in two of them. Okay, so, fair enough. So it's not like I had it was completely sold on them, but I've got I've got Miami winning it all in one. So okay. That's a that's a good pick then. I'm a five seed out of that top bracket. That's so basically, uh, Amelia and I sat down and we were like, you know, I I enjoy doing like the fun brackets from time to time. Oh yeah, like the flip a coin top the the. So we did mascot once. Yeah, it was basically like which mascot would win in like a head to head fight, and like, can you think of anything that's gonna beat a hurricane? That's true. Dude. I can't tell you, I man. Mean, it's probably not a husky. So probably not. <laughs> maybe Miami does win. Who maybe, knows? maybe. Who knows? So, do you have any other thoughts on the tournament as a whole? Any any specific team or anything? Uh, yeah. I mean, I've already I've already talked enough about about UConn. Um, but yeah, and I talked about Purdue last week a little bit. 
I think in general, it's just a fun time, man. It's, it's I, been a great year. I used to be that dude who was NBA through and through and would kind of be like, well, NBA is just better basketball. They have better players, better shot makers. It is. And <laughs> and, it, it, and that's, a, that's a true statement. But saying that NBA is better than college basketball is something that I've started to revisit more and say they both have a lot of really good redeeming qualities from as a basketball yeah, fan. And I just feel sure. like in the NBA now – it's a lot more of hunting matchups, and it's a little bit of like that in college a little bit, but it's just fun, man. It's a fun time of year. I, I think it was one of the most fun three weeks in sports. It's, um, I would say it's the most fun three weeks in sports. There, like, there is no yeah. postseason yep. that compares to yeah. what is March Madness. It's awesome. And it's it's incredible. It's been a great year. It's definitely lived up to the word madness. <laughs> no I doubt. Mean, just, it's been chaos. You know. So, uh, yeah, it, it's College basketball kind of changing my mind a little bit. Okay. A little Fair bit. I, w- I will add this. I was talking to a coworker today about NIL stuff, and I I really hope and pray that it doesn't end up being, and I, you're kind of feel it going this way, but like a bidding war for guys. Like you want guys oh, yeah. to be going to the right spots because they're good fits. Like I'm all for people getting paid 100%. I'm all for athletes getting, getting um, some – payment for i mean the school's profiting yeah. millions off of them yeah off of the sure. work that they do um hundreds of millions of dollars um especially at some of these bigger schools and i i'm all for people getting paid but what i don't want college basketball to become is a bidding war for for guys and i'm only going to make my decision based on how much money i get not the school i'm going to not the fit of the team you know for all sure that. so yeah because we'll, we'll then it, if you do it that way then the rich just get richer so yep. i think that would be my red flag to college basketball as a whole just exactly that right it hopefully it doesn't end up like that because we do not want the rich getting richer we do not because then march becomes less mad <laughs> exactly so <laughs> exactly it's all about march baby it really is that's that's ultimately all that matters in college basketball moving on just a good way really quick though march is such a good month oh yeah march is a great month spring comes in that's, I mean, you can start playing golf in March. Oh, come on! Now. You can start playing pickleball in March. Come on! Now. We got March Madness going on. Come on! Now. It's it's a great month. Come on, man! I'm with it's, you. It's a great month, and that doesn't get its flowers enough. I mean, and especially because it's a full month too. You're hopping off of February, the the short oh, 28 yeah. days, still cold. Mm-hmm. In March, you'll have some cold days. You'll have some rainy days. Well, here here in Indy, if we but, lived, you know, in the South, we wouldn't. Oh, I mean, come on! <laughs> but dude, I I uh, big March guy. And not oh, just because of college basketball, but that's a big perk. It is. Huge for sure. Perk. All right, now we can move on. Sorry. All right, no, you're good. Head you're down. good. That was good. I that was, <laughs> That's a good take. <laughs> Thank you. So we're, we're going to do this really quickly, and then we're going to take a short break, and then I'm going to introduce a new segment. Su- super juiced about it. Lamar Jackson, all the things have come out. Are we live? Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. I couldn't tell. Oh, no, yeah, 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 yeah. You're good. Yeah, that was – yeah, I was looking right at you, and that was just – the look, know, at, the I, look I, on your well, face. You, your tone was like, all right, we're going to do this. And I was like, oh, is it just to me? I'm talking to the listeners, man. <laughs> <laughs> all right, bro. <laughs> so we're going to do this short thing on Lamar Jackson. We're going to take a break, and then we're going to do this new segment. <laughs> and so you, as a Colts fan, the Colts yeah. have yeah, yeah. shown some interest. Jim Merce has had some interesting thoughts on how he doesn't really believe in fully guaranteed contracts, and he shouldn't. Especially Agreed. especially in a sport like the NFL where guys are hurt so often, and especially with a guy like Lamar Jackson, who moves outside the pocket and takes a lot of hits as a guy who likes to scramble. Yeah. He definitely doesn't deserve one. But, you know, the Browns and Deshaun Watson had to go and ruin it for the rest of these guys. And yeah. I think that when I'm looking at if I was to look at Lamar Jackson and have this conversation, I would say, Lamar Jackson, if you had to honestly answer this question 
of who is the best quarterback in the NFL, you would say Patrick Mahomes, right? And then I will then ask you, does Patrick Mahomes have a fully guaranteed contract? To which you would say no, because he doesn't. And then from there, we would negotiate. (laughs) Yeah, bro. I love that you would call Lamar Jackson by his full name if he was here. That's great. (laughs) Mr. Lamar Jackson. No, he's new era eight, baby. Lamar. So I I like your takes. Um, I agree. I think a lot of there's been a lot of side eyeing the Browns for what they did to Deshaun Watson. Yeah. For to give them the guaranteed money that especially given his situation, uh, and, and then getting yeah. the guaranteed money he did all for him to go really just lay an egg this season. Well, I mean, look, them. he hasn't played in two years. Yeah. That, and th- that was a surprising thing. It's like fully guaranteed. It's it's like handing Ben Simmons a fully guaranteed contract because yeah, he he got hurt and then he just didn't play. Yep. And so he's like, you just, you don't know what you're getting. I mean, that's not that's not the worst comp in the world to be honest. But it, it's it's tough, dude. It's you want you want that deal to be the exception to the rule, not the new standard for how you treat quarterbacks. Yes. Um, and just player good players in general. So I, I as a Colts fan though. It's tempting. I, I think a lot of people will say, oh, let's do it. Like, the Colts don't have a quarterback and blah, 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 blah. Imagine him and JT. Oh, you got to think about where they're at as a franchise. And, and I think a lot of casual Colts fans, a lot of casual NFL fans, don't understand the situ- situation they are in in terms of a roster. I've had some people in my life, you know, some friends, a couple family members say, oh, the Colts have a decent roster. They got a better roster than they played last year. I actually disagree. I think their roster is at a point right now where Lamar comes in, you plug and place him, you might make the playoffs, but you're never a serious contender. I promise. Oh, yeah, okay? I agree with that. For a couple reasons. Number one, you sign him, you trade for him. You're going to have to get rid of people now to make cap space for him. Well, here's right? the thing. You, only- you don't necessarily have to trade for him. If they outbid or, the Ravens, sure. then obviously you acquire him, you pay him all the money, and then you have to give up yeah. your first-round pick this year and next year. So I mean, it's that is pretty much a trade right in, in yeah. a sense but i, I feel like if I'm you were saying, actually trade for lamar you'd be giving up more than just two agreed, first round picks but you also have to keep in mind at, because you're not trading you're gonna have to get rid of players anyway to make the cap situation work That's you can fair. spread contracts out maybe but you you're, you're not gonna be able to bring him on on the contract he's asking for and not have to cut people right yeah. i think ryan keller is one that comes to mind where you might have to cut kenny moore well, he wasn't one. very good last year oh he wasn't so that might be a blessing to yeah say. but <laughs> all that being said he obviously is expensive. Yeah. Okay. The non-guaranteed contract is not going to happen. It's just not. Um, and so, sure, happy to throw two first for a chance to sign him. Happy to. Right. Oh yeah. No doubt. If your roster is in a different situation, people think about. I mean, think about. They've got Leonard and Nelson, both twenty million a year going forward for the next like four years. Yeah. Right. Their their contracts at two positions. That should not have a combined like forty-five million. Yeah, I agree. Right guard and linebacker. It's just those are two positions that should not have a combined forty-five million. Guess who you haven't signed to a long-term deal? JT and Pittman, right? Do my, you my question? Do you want to sign JT to a long-term deal? Well, t- that's a different conversation. Okay, all right. Okay, I we, just you no, know. we can get there in a second. But bringing on Lamar Jackson, there's no way you can keep both JT and Pittman. No chance. No chance. Yeah, that's okay? fair. And. If you do have to get rid of one, I hate to say this, it's probably JT because of how much money he is going to cost for a position. Again, if you have a running back 
it's the linebacker most... and right guard that are all above twenty million. Oh yeah, you're in ro- salary cap purgatory. Yes, you are purgatory. Yeah, and so from that perspective, it's like looking at teams who have spent money at key positions in free agency and then have drafted at other positions. And and you look at the Chiefs, right? Getting yep. rid of Tyree Kill, how expensive he was. And then you're able to not only draft guys, but sign guys to cheaper deals because you have guys like Patrick Mahomes, like Travis Kelly. Guess where they've spent that money? The O-line. Yep. Right? They went and got Orlando Brown on a con- one-year one year deal, and it worked out great, huge obviously. Huge for him. Huge for him. Okay? But now that he's, money he's going to Cincinnati left tackle, now, not at right guard or yeah. left guard. I agree. Quentin yeah. Nelson is. Sorry, he is left guard. My bad. But all that to say, I think it my, – my last thought about Lamar Jackson, it does not fit the Colts' timeline. I think the Colts – after the year they had, right, they're obviously not a roster that's going to contend with or without Lamar Jackson, in my opinion. I don't believe so. I really don't. They they don't have a cornerback right now. I mean, Isaiah Rodgers and Dallas Flowers are the two on the roster. Yeah. Their, their wide receiver room is Michael, Pittman, Michael Jr., Pittman Jr., Alec Pierce. Alec Pierce, and then Isaiah McKenzie from the Bills. Yeah, that's it. And then your Mike Strawn, who's seven-round draft pick from three years ago. Okay. So that's that's your top four receivers right now. That that's the worst in the league. It, it is. Can I a, play devil's advocate? Can I finish my thought though? First? Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. Okay. So it doesn't fit their timeline, meaning <laughs> you have a lot of other issues to address. Mm-hmm. And I would argue that you need to go into rebuild. Okay. Meaning draft and 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 I. They're in a unique place where you, if you have a rookie quarterback on a four-year rookie deal. You have the ability to sign guys like JT and Pittman. You do, because they're they're going to be cheap for four years. Okay, It's really, really, really difficult to get bringing a guy like Lamar and not have any of the other roster pieces, which, again, I don't believe they have a, they're roster ready uh, to win. Yeah, I don't. that's fair. Their windows, I think it's shut. Hit the hard reset button. Right? I'm not saying trade everybody. But I am saying you draft your guy, draft a guy you like, okay? Let him either start Minshew for the first couple games, let him sit, or throw him in. Hey, he doesn't do well, cool, he'll learn, yeah, right? Fair enough. But, again, I, I don't think they're in win-now mode. I Th- really don't. See, that's the thing, though. That is the question. Do the Colts like anybody at four? They're not going to get Stroud. Yeah. They're not going to get Young. And I'm sorry, but do you really want to waste – four years of the franchise trying to develop Will Levis or Anthony Richardson, who, sure, like they look like they have a high ceiling, but you know, you can have a high ceiling. That doesn't matter if you don't get any better. You know, and like let's be honest, both of those guys have major a- accuracy issues. And outside of Josh Allen, we've never seen a quarterback in college being accurate go to being accurate in the NFL. It just doesn't happen. And so and the other thing too, Lamar Jackson's only twenty six. Like it's not like you know he's he's on like his third contract. It's not like it's not like he's you know thirty two, and he's really kind of near near the end of his prime. Like he's only you know he's got probably six or seven years left with with the style that he plays, and because of that, I think he might fit the timeline if 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 you draft well this year. Like if if they if they sign Lamar Jackson, and then they go hit on their first round pick, they hit on their second round pick. First round pick. Huh? Have to trade it. They You're right. Have they to would. But either way, you you hit on a few draft picks because I just I think that the hopeful side of this would be you look at Seattle, who had one great draft. They made the playoffs with Geno Smith. Yeah. If you have a great draft as the Colts and you bring in a guy like Lamar Jackson, 
then like you can definitely make the playoffs, especially in in a weak division like the AFC South. And so it's you have to rely on Chris Ballard to draft well, which he's done outside of the quarterback position. So, <laughs> a couple thoughts. First, I think AR15 gets a lot of slander about his accuracy issues and people see his his completion percentage be like 55 or whatever. It is important to note he had like the second his wide receiving core had like the second highest drop rate in like power five or yeah. around then. It's very, very bottom of the barrel. So a ton of drops, which is drop is a obviously deemed a good throw that they should catch. Well and does he throw he a also, catchable ball? What do you say? Does he throw a catchable ball? Because like when you watch him, he throws everything hundred and ten miles an hour. Fair. Which but, uh, I, I mean stats are stats, right? And being one of the worst having one of the worst catch rates in power five says something. And I think initially he had a ton of throwaways, a lot of throwaways. Um, his wide receiving core not only did they not catch the ball, they all didn't get a ton of separation. I'm not saying he's perfect, and I'm not saying he's super accurate, but people see that number and panic. Well, I think part of it, too, is when you watch Florida play, the concerning part for me, at least, he's was very much a one-read-and-run kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Which, look, like if you can't sit back and digest a college defense – Tell me you're going to yeah. get to the NFL, which then again, that's something that you can learn. And, you know, they test for all those things as to whether how much room for improvement they have in terms of that part of the game. But I just, I don't know, man. Like, this quarterback draft class is so thin. Like, if a guy like Drake May or Caleb Williams, you know, the two guys who are going to be available next year, yeah. if you could grab, shoot, if you could grab Bryce Young or CJ Stroud, like, then I would be like, yeah, like, I wouldn't make the trade. But I just, because my thing is, if you draft one of these guys, who I think that if you had to put money on it, you would bet on them to not be super great. Yeah. Then you're you're wasting four years. I mean, I just think you have to try. Like the Colt, I don't. The Colts are not in a position to go lose the Lamar Jackson sweepstakes. Where else do you go? I mean, you literally. But that's the thing. Like, need you, to have a quarterback. They they've had the long, the second longest streak in, streak in NFL history about a new starting quarterback in eight years I know it might not be a perfect situation that you don't get one of the first two guys you have to throw a dart at the dartboard and try like they're not in a position to not because of what they've consistently done over the last four years that they've just dug themselves deeper into this hole right of band-aid quarterback band-aid quarterback band-aid quarterback but Lamar Lamar's 26 he's not a band-aid quarterback but I also think again the reason and why we're saying I'm digging themselves a hole it's not just with the quarterback position it's in other positions as well you're throwing all this money to quarterbacks to come in, Carson Wentz twenty seven and a half million, Matt Ryan whatever forty four exactly, and you you lose out because he was so bad. You cut him, you're losing out. I mean, you're losing what is twenty million maybe, and yeah. you're saving like eighteen million in the cap. But still, yeah, because of those decisions, you've handcuffed yourself to where you can't spend money in positions that you really need help in. Right, cornerback being one of them. It just just to note because good night. They gave you, have two, you have two guys on the yeah, trading Gilmore had to release a couple other guys that just were terrible. It's an important position. Right. It is. And having yeah. probably the the worst wide receiving core I mean, they're just not in a position, I think, to go win if you even if you have Lamar. I mean the Ravens the Ravens I I think they are a much better team around Lamar than Give, scoop Huntley or sorry you what's have his name? to the Huntley Huntley kid came in and really competed and was one yeah. bad decision away from winning a playoff game yeah Cincinnati would have been bounced if he didn't try to do a goal line lunge and everyone freaks mm-hmm. out and says the Bengals are great the Ravens were 
low key kind of dominating that game until oh, that they happened. Were. It was oh, a 14 yeah, yeah. point swing. Yeah. So I mean, the Ravens are number one, a good team, way better team around him. Well, they're built opinion, for him. The they, yeah. they are built for him. The Colts aren't built at all. They're not built for anything. <laughs> like, honestly, no, they're not. Yeah, that's fair. Like, there's no quarterback in the NFL that could come in right now and be like, this team's going to win the Super Bowl. You could throw Patrick freaking Mahomes on this team, and they would not be the favorite to win. I promise you. They're not They're not a good roster. Let me ask it's, you this. They're not a good roster. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Who's better in four years? Whoever the Colts draft with the fourth overall pick or Lamar Jackson? I mean, it's Lamar Jackson. It's not close. But that's not well, that's not the question. Is Okay. You, you don't think four years is enough time? To grab and draft, because here's the thing: like, there's there's two ways to build a, a a Super Bowl roster in the NFL. Option one: you draft a rookie quarterback who's really cheap, and then over those four years, you then sign guys and put around him, and you hope that he hits. Mm-hmm. That's that's option number one for the Colts right now. Option number two is you find a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson or whoever. You pay him. 50 million a year. You trust that they're good enough to elevate younger guys and you draft really well. If you want to if you want to win a Super Bowl, you have to do one of those two things. And I think for me, I would rather take the known commodity at the most important position on the field, which is Lamar Jackson. Fair. No, that's a good take. Um I just disagree. That's fine. Um, I just honest, this is I, fun. I prefer option A and it's it's part of it. Is it, yeah, this isn't a that would not be a band aid move, right? This isn't a it, it, so I'm not saying that, but it's just been it's been quarterback after quarterback after quarterback. And but here's the uh, thing I'm just I'm just not sold in the idea. I'm not, and, and it's not even, dude, I would don't get me wrong, it would be really cool. Oh, but yeah, it's more about what you have to give up, um, in terms of salary cap, giving up the two first round picks and the guys that I know you're going to have to cut or let go of and get nothing in return for. That's it's fair. Hard for hard pill for me to swallow. I think with how many needs they have as a whole across the board. So. Yeah, I think there's there's one thing that isn't being talked about enough in the grand scheme of things with Lamar Jackson, and that is Jim Irsay, who is yeah. one of the most domineering owners in the league. Likes to have his hand in the mix, and look, owners, this is a business. Ultimately, like they want to make money, and I think Lamar Jackson is going to sell a lot more tickets than a guy like Will Levis. And so yep. I think I think that's that's an interesting thing that no one's really no one has really pointed out. But also, you talk about the rotating door at quarterback. Like what are the chances that the Colts draft, you know, Levis or Richardson or whoever at four and then in 2 years you're you're, you're looking for another guy. Yeah. I mean, that's well that's part of the risk that you run, but it's the question of would you rather risk that or would you rather risk you, you bring a guy like Lamar Jackson and you don't have any money to spend at positions? Your guys, J.T. Pittman, leave, right? Nelson, Leonard, Ryan Kelly, all on contracts and they're not performing up to their contracts. It's like, would you rather risk the rookie developing or would you rather risk your whole team being garbage around Lamar Jackson? Which I think that's why I wouldn't lean. I, I think you lose way too many people in the process of signing the guy like Lamar. And you are putting all the pressure on Ballard to draft well, which he's I'm not, saying, he, not saying he's yeah. he hasn't he hasn't been perfect in the draft. He hasn't so, been perfect because right. he's been the GM for like what eight years, and his his teams are under 500 now combined record. Well, that's because right. they haven't had a quarterback. And why why haven't they had a quarterback? That's my question. Because you're doing this, we can win right now with these guys. We're going to go trade, give up assets, and we're going to pay them 25 plus million for a guy that's not worth 25 plus million. 
and he's done that. Like he's the one that's pulling the trigger ultimately. So yeah, which is yeah, yeah. You're exactly right. He is the one who's pulling the trigger. And, I, and I'm not saying because I do think he's good. He's good at drafting. He's. I don't think he's LeBron James of drafting. Yeah. And I, he's definitely not the LeBron James of making decisions when your team has been <laughs> under 500, right? In yeah. your career as a GM, that's not very good. It's not. So, um, and, and he did get dealt a bad hand, but he certainly has had time. As a Colts fan, you, there's time to to make that bad hand, like swallow that pill, and then turn around, go build a freaking team. Yeah, but fair enough. We're trying to throw solution, solution, solution. Like, I just want it to end. Like as a Colts fan, I just want it to end. Like, let's have somebody in the building, which either Lamar or a rookie, you have some. This person there's is going to be here stability. for more than a year. It's fair. But I don't know, man. It's I, I don't think it'll happen. You mentioned Jamerce being domineering. He said that he doesn't like That's the thing. Know, he also doesn't like guarantee contracts. But goodness gracious, but no one can you imagine Lamar Jackson and Steichen's offense? That the Eagles type offense that I, mean, I know. Gross. I, that's what I'm Disgusting. saying. Disgusting. I know. Disgusting. Like if they do get Lamar, in theory they do. Right? This you is a coach a, you, this you, is a coach who can build a system around 100%. him. 100%. And you also have a probably one of the better running backs in the league. Um, I mean, you're talking about if you go draft, and, and I would selfishly, not that they would do this, it would be so dumb, but to draft somebody early in that second round as like a really good, another young wide receiver. Because oh, yeah. I don't think they have a good, they either need to sign somebody or draft. Yeah, they need If you sign Lamar Jackson, receiver. you don't have cap space to go sign anyone at yeah. any position. So it's like, bro, give me a high level receiver, take a, Stab at a third round corner, right? And let's let's go and let's score ride. everybody. We might give up thirty five points a game, but, but we're gonna go score forty two, dude. <laughs> we're gonna run the freaking ball, man. So That's right. All right. Either way, either, either way, either way, fun to talk about, fun to discuss. Don't think it'll happen. If it does, I'm not gonna be too upset. I will say that, even though I was very, <laughs> I was laying out all the points to not get Lamar. I think it would be it would be fun. It would be fun for sure. All right, we're going to take a short break. We'll come we're, we'll be back do one more short segment. Super excited about it. Yes, sir. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with more shooting the Schmidt. 5 4 3 2 Get your takeoff. That is our new segment here at Shooting the Schmitz. Super excited about it. So basically, guests are going to come on, and whatever they want, whatever they want to talk about, whatever their take is, they have the floor. Defend it to the best of your ability. So, Matt Murphy, what is your take? So, first want to say, absolutely electric intro there. I mean, Isn't it awesome? head was bobbing, you know. Uh, yeah, the, the the doubled bass drops just went insane. So, you know, pleasure, pleasure on the on the new segment here. Thank you. Um, pleasure to be here. Wonderful idea. It's and up I, for sponsorship I, I would, too. You know, if, if anybody wants to, if anybody wants to sponsor it, <laughs> Ticonderoga two pencil. No, so, um, here's what I'll say. For I, I want to preface, I did not wasn't warned of this coming in, but. That's not an excuse. It's to, and this is to say, I Everyone thought of this immediately, and it's a no-brainer. This was going to be my hot take. I've been saying it to anyone who will listen the last three weeks. Okay. So I've, I've been, I've had hot take conversations like that honestly have led me to this moment here. Okay. So without further ado, 
my first my my so my hot take is has to do with food actually. Okay, I like so this. So I wanted to stay away from sports, have a couple of those hot takes, but this one's a little wild, and it fundamentally challenges what we know about food, what we know about meals, um, particularly meals in a day. So pretty firm believer that we do not need three meals a day. And by pretty firm believer, I mean... Oh, I'm with you. I love we this. Do, the human body does not need three meals a day, and people could come out and say, oh, you, you need to do this, you need to do this. Ultimately, the food industry benefits when we are told we need to eat three meals a day. I love so, this. So three meals a day for starters, and this is just one level of the, of the hot take. The food industry, the three meals a day is a money grab by the food industry. Okay, right? fair. We don't need meal, three meals a day. They do it because it's more money for the food industry. Okay, What's interesting about food, though, is I'm going to say this and then have a lot of explaining to do. Okay, that's fine. I believe this with my whole heart, that when most Americans who have adequate access to food, so I'm not saying people who don't have access to food that are not used to eating food, but Americans who have adequate, and when I say adequate, I'll say at least two meals a day, Okay. who have access to food when they feel hungry, it is not your body telling them that they need food. It is a response to the patterns of eating that they've put in, which oh, means ultimately food and well that that feeling of hunger is not out of need; it's out of addiction. Ooh! So I like this. I'm gonna unpack it a little bit. I love so this. Stick with me here. So, and again, I think it's important to note someone that has access to food consistently. I I understand that there are individuals out there who are don't have access to food or a lot of food. That's different. Much different situation. I'm talking for about sure. your average American here, um, specifically for this take. Think about this, right? We grow up like f- from a young age. We're, we're hey, three meals a day. We're we're eating, we're eating, we're eating, and our body gets used to things. Okay, yep. and <laughs> it's just dude, it's it's fascinating to when you really think about the times that you have been hungry, and then you're like, well, oh wait. And I didn't eat food. I just had, maybe I had a glass of water. And then three oh, yeah. hours later, you haven't eaten. It's like, oh, I actually totally forgot I was hungry. Why do you yes. think that is? Because you don't need it. You don't need it. I'm with you. You don't need it, bro. I think part and of I'm why I'm telling we get- you, dude. Uh, one, sorry, one sorry, second. Sorry, no, no. I'm no, telling you right now. I love this. The amount of people that have said I'm crazy for this or blah, 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 blah. Like, dude, it's your body. Like, and, and you apply this to other areas, right? <laughs> okay. Apply to other areas all you want. Like, some people say, oh, what about sleep? What about this? There's. You can go three weeks without food if you have water. Yeah. So, like, why would your body tell you you need food three times a day, if not more, by telling you you're hungry, when it can go and survive weeks without food if you do have water? Yeah. It's fascinating to me. I think part of why people get as hungry as they do is because they don't drink enough water. Mm -hmm. And, like, it's normal for your stomach. I mean, like, your body tells you things. When you don't have water, like... Sure, like your throat dries up. Sometimes your throat doesn't dry up, and you still need water. Facts. And so the number of times where it's like, like, like you don't have a headache, you just need to go drink some water. Mm-hmm. You know, every white girl ever who just lives off coffee. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, oh, I'm with you. I love this. So, how many times a day would you eat? Let me just let me ask that. Uh, I I went out on a company lunch today, but for the most part, I'll walk you through what what I have made my schedule of eating and. And I'm not, and trust me, I'm no, 
I'm no golden goose when it comes to or, or role model when it comes oh, me either. to being and I, I I hate to be like, oh, you don't practice what you preach. I don't eat breakfast ever. Oh, me either. First time Overrated. I eat any food is gonna be around one PM. Same. Typically going to be something light. A granola bar, uh a, you know, an apple, a sandwich, maybe a cutie, clementine, whatever. I actually I don't even need a full sandwich. I, I typically Jeez. stick with more snack food. Okay. And then I'll eat a bigger dinner. What I am bad at and what I've gotten the routine of, and this is why I would argue this even proves my point even further, I've gotten bad at eating post-dinner mm. because I want to, not because I need you, to. You, you get snacky. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's oh, like, I, oh, yeah. I've now gotten to this routine. And I think, again, it proves my point. I've gone three months with this similar routine where I'm eating first first meal, and I, meal in air quotes, first snack at one, first real meal at five to seven. Okay. And then around 10, I'm like, it's not even that I'm hungry. It's my body's used to eating during that time because I have less three months. Okay. I could easily stop, but I really just don't want to. I don't blame but you. But I could. Because there's, there's nothing. Because, again, it's not my body telling me I'm hungry. I need food. It's telling you I'm hungry. You have eaten food routinely at this time, and so my body's used to now, hey, I'm telling you I want food because I'm used to it, not That's because fair. I need it. I like this take. This is Boom. really good. So. Okay. That's wild. Yeah. So, for me, so, I'm, I'm a two-meal-a-day guy. Sorry. Yeah, no you, doubt. W- were you done? I mean, no, we go we go back and forth. I, okay. I do want to hear more of your thoughts, though. For so sure. I am two meals a day, you know, get off work around 1, get home like one thirty, eat like a sandwich. Yeah. S- sometimes I don't even, even eat a sandwich. I'll sit down and eat like half a sleeve of crackers, and like I'm I'm good. Move on. Don't don't touch anything mm-hmm. until like 5, 5, 5.30. You know, eat you know whatever is for dinner. If I'm cooking, it's some kind of pasta. If I'm going some, if I'm going no. over to Amelia's, it's something better than pasta. <laughs> and and no eat that. And then occasionally, look, I'll be honest, man, big ice cream guy. Oh from, yeah. From, from time to time, you know, we go out, you know, to Sonic or um, yeah. Well, what's it called? Oh my gosh, the place with the butter burgers. Oh, Culver's. Culver's. Of course. We, we, we go to Culver's. Of course. Get a nice little concrete mixer. I, I had one the other night at like ten o'clock. It was great. Yeah, it was it was great. But guess what? I, I don't need it. We're not claiming to be health freaks over here. We're not. You know? We're not. You can't you can't come in here and be the health police? And you say, oh, can't. This is not a health argument. You it's can't not to say you should be healthier or not healthy. No one's taking this. Stand. It's just saying that three meals a day is not a requirement. Not a requirement, and the feeling of hunger, more often than not, is a feeling of addiction. Not a feeling that saying your body needs food. Yeah, capital N. Needs. This is so. This is not a health talk. No, it's not. Absolutely not. I, I'm in no position. I love a bur- butter burger and a concrete oh. mixer at 10 p.m. Sign Dude, me up. I'll go do it right now, Johnny. I'll do go it. to Culver's concrete mixer. I discovered it the other night. Okay. Chocolate concrete mixer with peanut butter and Oreos. Oh, dude! What oh. a combo! I that's a unique one there. It's. You throw Dude, the, it is chef's throw kiss, the peanut man. butter and the Oreos. So as as a guy who will get like a bowl of peanut butter mm. and not dip my Oreos in milk, scoop the peanut butter <laughs> and pop them. <sighs> incredible. That's pretty good. It's incredible. All that all that to say though, it's like when you go eat a concrete mixer, it's not because you're thinking, Oh, I need food. Like it's something that you want. Yeah, like, it's something food you want. is good. Like unhealthy great. food tastes great and that's fine. Like that's great. Again, not a health argument at all. But could you have gone without it and, without been, and been okay and survived? I could have operated yes. off of, like, just dinner. Yeah. And ultimately, what is – and I think there's a deeper-seated issue in this, right? It's not just a food issue. It's not just a health, food industry issue. I think ultimately we don't tell ourselves no a lot. 
our body feels oh, things, man. craves We're things. We're getting philosophical. And <laughs> we don't tell each other, don't tell ourselves no. We're so with the wind, fleeting. My, I want to do this, want to do this, want to do this. My, I'm craving this. We use that a lot. Like, I, I'm a pretty firm believer, and not to get into this, but like, like the spiritual side of things, I'm a pretty firm believer that everything we crave is not a great thing. Oh typically. yeah. Typically, and it's like it feels great in the moment. It's, but no, man. Like, telling yourself no is important. I think it it's, adds discipline to your whole life. But in general, when it does come to food, just say no. Try it. Yeah, Just go I'm without with you. your egg McMuffin, okay? For, or your th- for a week, right? For a week, see what happens. Come, come, report back to us. You'll lose some weight. That's hey, what will happen. You lose some weight. <laughs> guess what? You won't feel like you had like get through the one week. You might oh, have yeah. some withdrawal symptoms. Why? Because because you used to have addicted. But guess what? Why. You should do. Drink a glass of water. And I bet Boom. you'll be fine. Boom. So I love that. There you go. That's a great way to start it. There you oh, go. Yeah, beautiful. happy happy to be here. Happy to give that take again. I was prepping the for three weeks for this unintentionally right i I have conversations like this all the time so i love it i love it was thrilled to be on here john really appreciate it we love having you on man segment we got a good idea thank you i appreciate it man so we've got we have one more pod to do together it's that's post final four post Mm -hmm. natty yeah post natty gotta do it gotta do it so have to yeah, we'll we'll figure out when to do that. I love how last week we were like, we're gonna do another one on Friday, <laughs> and we didn't come back till Wednesday. It's Wednesday, so, yeah, so it's within within a week. Not bad, not bad, not bad. Thanks but, again, bro. That's that's big time. Always love having you on. It's it's nice, you know, bringing people in who are smart and like know what they're talking about. I'm blushing. Thank you, John. So, Appreciate yeah, it. You're welcome, Good man. Great host, and uh, you know, excited for next week, right? A lot, yeah. We'll have a lot to talk about. Maybe, Go Huskies. Just maybe some updates on the NFL side. Um, and definitely, you know, we'll have more of a feel, I think, for them. We could also kind of do an outlook of the oh, NBA dude, playoffs the NBA as well. Heating that, up. That's coming up So here. if you want – oh, that's got to tease this. Oh, okay. So okay. Fun, fun fact, uh, Shooting the Schmidt has, has a YouTube channel now. What? Yeah. You're joking. S- started it last week. No way. So we're, we're, we're eight subscribers in already. Wow. Let's go. That's not you bad, know, It's bro. solid. Round of applause. And so if you want some 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 NBA stuff, there is a thing on there about just the Western Conference standings, who's going to make it, who's not. Um, that was done pr- roughly a week ago, so the standings, okay. standings are a little dated, but it's still the same, the same group of teams. So if you want some information on that, Feel free to go there. You might get yourself a Shooting new subscriber the Come here on, man. hit the off-air button. Come on, baby. man. Come on. So that's going to do it here at Shooting the Schmidt. Once again, Matt, thank you so much for coming on. It's always a blast to have you. Um, I got to go watch The Mandalorian with the fiance. She's, oh, man. She's, I was, we're, we're supposed to be out here 20 minutes ago. It'll be hey, all right. It'll be hey, fine. And guess where I need to be? The eight-second saloon line dancing there Wednesday nights. That's be right. there or be square. Literally <laughs> square dancing, baby. <laughs> Let's hey, go. Pleasure and an honor. All right, man. Um, I will. Great host, better person. Thank Johnny you. Schmidt, baby. All right, that's going to do it here at Shooting the Schmidt. Hope, hoping to have another episode out here on Friday. Who knows what we're going to talk about? Probably some more NFL stuff. It's going to be great. I will talk to you guys on Friday. Oh, 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 oh,